Hi, I'm Anna Ng, founder of Client-Centric Property, a full-time property agent, recipient of Top 10 Achievers Award of ERA Realty Network and a mother of two girls. From a girl with inferior complex to a lady with self-confidence, my clients and friends sometimes feel I am a yaya papaya, but yet they love the strong vibe in me. And this show, I will share with you my struggles on juggling family and work, overcoming them, building my self-confidence and gaining the respect of my family, clients and friends. Welcome to the Client-Centric Property Show. Welcome to Client-Centric Property Show. I'm Anna and in this episode, I'll be sharing with you giving value to others. Do you know that I used to stay in Pongo in a five-room flat? With only 20000 in my CPF account as well as my husband, there's a total of only 40000 of CPF funds. And during that time, we were faced with an issue whether should we rent outside and start cohabiting or should we just buy a flat. And it happened that at that time, the HDB was really very low in price. And then we were lucky that there was a walk-in selection. What is a walk-in selection? We've heard often about BTO, built to order, or design and build. But what exactly is a walk-in selection? It means to say that actually the HDB has already been built up and most of the units have already been taken and occupied. And that means most owners would have moved in to stay already, but we only move in like two years later. And we actually get to see the physical unit from the outside and step inside the block to take a look. Being someone who was brought up with a seemingly superstitious background, because my dad has a third eye. So what happened was, I told my husband, let's go and feel the unit from the doors outside before we make a choice. So eventually we chose a unit, a very low floor unit on the second floor. Do you know the highest was on the 18th floor? We actually chose the lowest. That's because of our budget constraint. And we liked the layout so much. It had the largest kitchen layout in Pongo then. But of course, when we bought it, we didn't know. So now what happened was, after we got the unit, we realized it's a unit facing the multi-purpose hall where most HDB dwellers, if they were to hold any funerals or Malay weddings or even when the town council has any events, they will all hold it down there. And that was just like 15, 15, 20 meters away from my unit. I had a full height window from my living room overlooking the entire multi-purpose hall. Now, as if that's not worse enough, my unit also has west sun. Okay, lucky that it's not a direct west sun, but we have a slanted west sun. The unit was southwest direction and a corner unit. Due to the nice layout, for some reason, I, I must say that if it's not just for that, the unit would have been quite perfect really. Because outside the unit, I could still see some trees and have a greenery view. But what happened was, due to the unit's new layout, new design, 
It's a bit different from the matured estate HDBs. For most of the HDBs in the matured estate, wind ventilation, air circulation is always put into first consideration. But for the new units in Pongo, and happened that for my dad unit in Pongo especially, I would say the air is very stuffed up inside. As such, we fell sick quite often as well. One day, it came to a point, a breaking point, when our neighbours had a quarrel with us. Oh, a lot of people heard that Pongo neighbours like to quarrel or Senka. I'm one of those. It's not that I want to quarrel with them. But do you remember I said my unit is very bad in air ventilation? My neighbours like to burn the incense papers and stuff right outside my unit. And whenever I open my unit, all the ashes will be blown into my house. And not just that, it's kind of weird and I couldn't understand. About 7pm daily, they seem to have always something to burn. And I tell you, it's not a barbecue. It's always the incense paper stuff. And I had, <laughs> I had become really angry one day after I gave birth to my first daughter. My husband has got some asthma previously. And my baby girl was just like a month old. And this neighbor liked to burn so much. So one day, as I opened my flat store, I found the ashes coming right into my unit and like almost half my living room was filled with the ashes. Somehow, maybe a bit pantang, I feel that, hey, this is a bit kind of unlucky, you know. Why is there someone burning outside my unit almost every day? And I tell you, the neighbor didn't burn the things on the big in the big bin downstairs on the first floor. She chose to burn right outside my unit where the wind will enter into my unit. So, of course, we did talk to the neighbors before about this. But the neighbor said, oh, it'll be over very soon. What they didn't know is, yes, your burning may take you 10 minutes, but your neighbors will suffer the fumes of your burning, the ash, for the next few hours. And that affects us, isn't it? All the more more angry about that. There was one day I complained to the town council and the HB HDB branch office. They said, if you could only prove with pictures that your neighbour is burning in the bin right outside your unit, then we can ask them to remove that bin. Because anyway, the government has provided a big bin right downstairs for you. Why are they still insisting to burn right outside your unit? And because of that, we had a quarrel with the neighbour. Because there was one day, I got so angry, and then right after childbirth, right? I got so angry, I took picture of her, and a fight nearly happened. She nearly punched me in the face when I was carrying my baby. And so I told my husband, is it time or not that we should sell our house? Because I don't want to be staying you know, door to door to such a neighbor. They're getting violent and they're hurling all vulgarities at me. And I couldn't take it. It's not about the vulgarities. It's more of the physical violence I'm afraid of. What if they hit my baby when I'm going to 
go into the house or coming out of the house. And most time, I'm alone with the baby. Eventually, my husband said, All right, let's, let's look around and maybe we start to sell our flat. And at that moment, was not so lucky either. The market started to quieten down. And then I told him, Why didn't you tell me earlier to sell our unit? Right now, it's as quiet as a mouse for the market. What are we going to do? But luckily enough, I had a big team in HSR then. It was another real estate company. And that time, I managed to rope in about six to eight agents to help me to market together. Then, on the second floor unit, when the highest is on the 18th floor, I knew that is a challenge. So, I looked at my unit again in the buyer's eyes. And I decided to spruce up the unit by touching up the walls, investing on tailor-made curtains, new, for the entire house, and we changed our aircons new as well for the rooms. And then I start to declutter and throw out everything and even place tea lights in the toilets and on the cabinets where you might find it pleasing to the eye. Well, my kitchen is great. I hardly use it. And it's big. In fact, it's the largest layout. Eventually, I was lucky to sell it at 448000 23 k above market value. And then, that's what happened. Because at that moment, I was thinking, in bearing all the lousy conditions I have for the unit, I need to give value to the buyer. If I want to win, I must always give something. If I want to sell at good price, Shouldn't I give the buyer a good house? In order to win, we have to give and gifting things requires skills and taste. If not for the experience for working in show flats and bringing customers around, would I have known what the buyers really want? No, it's always through the experience of talking to the buyers, listening to what they have to say, what are they exactly looking for? What kind of feel is always right for them? And that's how I managed to sell my house just within six days. So, many people wondered, how can a second floor sell in six days at such a good price? Nothing is for free. If we want something, we have to give something first. So, my takeaway today, what is it about? The takeaway is, if we want to win, number one, we must always give first. Give something of value to the person you want to exchange with. Two, gifting requires skills and taste. Don't give people things that you don't want. Don't give things that people don't want. Don't give them your old furniture. And don't give them a lousy house. We have to give them the right feel, the right products, and at the right time. Three, in every negotiation, always leave room for both parties to come to a compromising stage. Never a lopsided of one end always on the taking side. I can't simply take the entire cake and expect you to pay for it, isn't it? I must make sure you get to taste the cake and I share half the cake with you. And then asking if you would like to take the entire cake as well, I believe. Then that's where business will be fruitful. Thank you. Well, I've come to the end of my story. I hope you have gotten some interesting takeaways from me. If you wish to connect with me via Facebook, do click on my link. 
in the show notes. I look forward to seeing you in my next episode, sharing more tips and stories on gaining control. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so honoured to have you here. If you like to keep going and you want to know more about our mentorship, training programmes and done-for-you services, visit me over at soulrichwoman.com S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com And if you happen to get this episode from a friend or a family member, go subscribe to our email list because once you're subscribed, you become one of my Soul Rich Woman family. Remember, if your mind can perceive, you shall conceive. Sending you my confidence and I speak to you soon.